righty. Well, you can be seated tonight. Praise God. Uh, and Sue, uh, see, Eric is at home. He's not uh, feeling well. And, uh, but he assured me he'll be at my house 4 o'clock tomorrow morning for us to head to the airport for Friday and Saturday. So, uh, but Philip, you were with us. You, uh, Rob, you were in Uganda. Why don't you guys come up here? Was anybody else here? That's, I think that's all that we had with us from the church. Uh, come up here and we'll tell you a few things that uh, went on. Uh, you remember that woman that uh, you taped that uh, was crippled and she had this board she put out and she pulled herself along the ground on the belly and she came to stage and she said, I still have pain in my leg. Well, I told her in three days she'd be totally healed. They sent me an email yesterday and she came to the front of the church with her stick up in the air and she said, God has healed me totally and now all pain is gone to walking. I think that woman crawled on her belly with a stick out in front of her to live her life. And uh, next time you bellyache about your problem, think, you ain't got no problem. All you need is faith in God. But I'll tell you what, you don't have a problem. How'd you like to crawl on your belly for your lifetime? How would you like that? Crawl on your belly and couldn't stand up, crippled. And then all of a sudden, God healed you. Boy, that was a great miracle. So, Rob, you were there. You were the TV man as well as, let me tell you what these guys did. I told the pastor, we're going to pray for everybody in this service uh, Friday night. He said, okay. So then the crowd grew. The church seats 26,000, ended up having 30,000 in the building and another 20,000 out in the uh, parking lot. They had to move all the cars and took it up to the road. So there was 50,000 people on this little piece of ground in the middle of nowhere. And uh, so uh, the pastor said, well, they'll never make it. I said, listen, we'll make it. He said, uh, well, let them pray until they get tired, then I'll pray and ask prayer. I said, no. I said, you just take it easy and uh, let us and God do what God does. So I divided the church, 30,000 people, and told them how to do it. And these guys started praying. And in two hours later, they had prayed for 50,000 people. That pastor just wept. He said, nobody has ever done that. Nobody has ever come to our church. Now, they have three services on Sunday morning. And uh, they have been in prayer and fasting for over two years, every day, every night. said, do you do this in America? <laughs> I said, ah! yeah, no. We, we have life to live. We have so much in America. We ain't got time to pray and fellowship with God. We got things to do. But every night for two years, and uh, wow, but their salvations are over 400 a week. 400 a week being ushered into the kingdom of God. It, it is a, a marvelous thing. But we were on TV, and they had us on radio all over the place, and uh, we were the first people. We came, I sat down with the pastor, I said, now, and he said, well, I'd like to talk about money. I said, well, here, here's how I'm going to talk to you about money. There is no money exchange. I don't need your money. Didn't come for your money. I'm not asking you for money. He said, well, nobody else comes free. I said, well, you run into a new breed. I said, we didn't come for money and we aren't taking money. And so uh, in that country, when somebody prays for them, even their pastor, they have to pay up to 20 pounds. That's the beginning rate for every prayer. And uh, it, it's just the way that it is. And uh, so the people on television, we stayed in the hotel and everybody in the hotel said, we cannot believe that you are praying for people, not only praying for people, we are seeing miracles. And we heard that you have come here and you haven't charged the Ugandans anything. And uh, they were just blown away that we came and never 
charge them. Now, other ministries have been there, other national ministries, but they always charge them. So they, uh, we didn't take any money. And uh, so we paid our own way, paid our own dollar. But uh, that, that's just what the church does, and that's what CDM does. But uh, Rob Helmer, it, it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We walked in that building after they started seeing miracles, and you hear this African who, whoa, 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 whoa. Buddy, it's deafening. Those people are so grateful. And, uh, but uh, tell me one of the greatest, see, one or two of the greatest miracles you saw. Well, I was thinking about that uh, today before coming to church because you probably asked me that question. I was thinking about that. And uh, probably the, <clears throat> the greatest ones I had seen was, um, it was it was a baby. Remember the baby? And it didn't have a, a, a spine to it. Yeah, we had, right. yeah, we had two babies. Two of them, yeah. We had a, and that one that you're talking about that didn't have a spine, the first night, I think it was on Wednesday night, the pastor said, we just had that girl and that baby in our office and we examined her. She has no spine. And what happened? Well, it just, it just, so I just sat there. It didn't fall yep. over. It just sat there. And, yep. and you could see it. I went behind it. You could see the spine was there and it was just, yep. it was just amazing. They held the baby that. up. The spine was formed and she said the baby had never sat up. So they sat the baby up and stood the baby. She was holding her and stood the baby. And uh, that, that, was, that was one. Then Friday night was at a, a, yeah, it was Friday night. They brought a young boy that had no skeletal frame. I don't know what that means. Well, had no what? No ribs, uh, no spine. And uh, so uh, his mother said he's three or four years old. She said he's never sat up, never stood up, he's never done anything. So after prayer was made, she brought him to the stage. She showed him uh, that he could set up. Then she stood him, and he stood for the first time in his three or four-year life. And he stood there on his own, and a new spine and ribs had been created in him. You say, oh, that's impossible. No, not, not to those that know their God. Amen. We know our God. They will do great exploits. And also the ones that, uh, there was a couple of them that came up. They said they were paralyzed from here down yeah and they, and they were walking it was kind of slow though but at least they were walking there yeah and, and, and uh, we had a lot of paralyzed people uh get up and people that had been carried there and laid there and because uh, in that church they would just lay them on the outside of the skirt but those people would get up and god healed them and the last night we had uh guys canes and crutches coming over the top of the crowd and people coming and take that metal brace off their legs and giving up their crutches and and you you the first night when you talked about the guy that was in the back of the church you said there's a guy back there and you're in some kind of brace or case yep. or something god's healing you and there was a guy that had been in a terrible accident burn up and he came holding that thing and was able to walk on his foot yep. for the first time then the lady that a tree had hit her and just severed her spine yep. and snapped her in half and she wasn't able to walk for six months and she was swelled up and God just put the spine back together began bending and walking then the lady that was hurt from surgery and they had cut her vital organs in yeah. her back and had paralyzed her and she had water swelling and could not move and she was just a little lady but they said she was this thick but after God healed her she just swelled down and could bend over completely and go all the way back completely. Then there was the person that was on TV, listening on radio, oh, yeah, and on she radio was swelled up. One. She couldn't use the restroom. She couldn't even urinate without taking medication. And at home, he just, he, he called it out. Up. He said, there's someone that has swelling, but it's not a tumor. It's just infection and sickness. And all that came off of her and... It was unbelievable. She said she went and urinated, and all of that fluid left her. And uh, the other lady, uh, well, the other lady that texted in was, uh, had an issue of blood oh, yeah. for, uh, I don't know how many years, had been years. bleeding. Ten, Ten years. years she had just been bleeding. And she said, yep. called in, she said, when, when we prayed over the television, that she was totally healed. She said, my bleeding has stopped. 
and uh, the woman that had the big tumor, the yeah. real old woman. The older, there was an old woman that had a big tumor. Then there's a young lady that had a but that tumor. That one that had the, the big side. tumor on the radio. Said yeah. I've touched that radio, and yeah. when when we prayed, the, yeah. the tumor just point. disappeared yeah. right there when I touched yeah. the radio. Then there was a guy that had a soft. There was a guy with a softball-sized tumor in his chest, and he was just a little guy, but he was not able to bend or move, and he just kept stretching his neck back, saying, "Praise Jesus." Because he had not been able to move for years. You remember that guy that had that tumor on top yeah. of his head? Mm -hmm. He brought the x-rays and he was standing there. He said, here's what I was. He said, when you prayed back there, the tumor left my head. And I don't know where it went, but it's gone. And he said, right here's the x-rays to verify this is what was wrong with me. You remember sure did, that? Yep. Yeah. And what about the one that you, yeah, well, well, well there was one that you called out and was very unique like uh the one with the testicles, with yeah. it was a. Uh, <laughs> this was my highlight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, "There's somebody here that was born without testicles, and I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command those testicles to be healed, to be uh, created in Jesus Christ's name." So that happened that night. They took him home and checked him all out, and they brought him back the next night. Yeah. And. Uh, He's up on stage. He come up on yeah. stage and. They said he now has testicles, and he went. Yes, <laughs> and he he kept just, holding. Just he kept, show here, he kept, hold, he kept holding them because he couldn't believe they were there. So he was grabbing them, and he kept <laughs> he'd pull his pants up, and then he'd stick his hands in down his down pants, <laughs> and then he'd pull them pants back down. <laughs> so uh, I had one of the interpreters tell his mother, said, "Okay." He gets one day to mess with that thing, but after that, it's peeing, and he puts it away till he's married. I don't until know. You, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but there was two ladies on two different nights who they believe were cursed by witch doctors, yeah. and they were pregnant well beyond the due date. Yeah. One was on Wednesday night, and on yeah. Wednesday night, she went into labor during the service, and the next, next day, day gave birth to a healthy, healthy baby girl. Yep. And then that happened later on on Friday when Pastor prayed. Yep. Uh, we had another person that was a long time beyond their due date, and the baby came alive and was given birth to. Yep. And uh, that proves the curse is real, but God is bigger than anything. Blind eyes, there's a lady of 34 years, 22 years. One lady was blind in her left eye and her left ear, and it just one thing after another. Yep. Then the canes, the cripples, the. the we, on Friday night, people just started running out of the crowd with the, the one lady had to be 70s or 80s, and oh, she yeah. had been walking for three days, bent yep. over with these, the things yeah, she that was they all, Yeah, you've seen her every night. And she came running out, holding those on Friday night, just holding those uh, where yeah. she'd been healed. So yeah, and uh, God did a lot of things, and we had thousands and tens of thousands of people saved. Then that's the big deal. Is tens of thousands of people that were saved. We just—it was a, an amazing deal, and uh, hallelujah! It was great. Rob, what else you want to say? Oh, the other one thing too was uh, witchcraft. There's yep. so much witchcraft that day. Uh, it was like how about this? That much witchcraft stuff they had—they just cast aside. Yep. Yeah, They just pick up a blanket as big as where we're standing every night, and they take the witchcraft stuff and gather, and then they go burn it every night. Yep. Take, take about four or five guys to grab yep. that Those stuff people. out of it. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And uh, yeah, so God did a lot of great things. So uh, hopefully we'll have some footage on Sunday to show you. But, I mean, literally tens of thousands of people were born again and ushered into the kingdom of God. We are, we are so grateful for that and uh, just a lot of things happened hallelujah but I'm in my favorite place to preach tonight hallelujah praise the Lord so let's turn our Bibles to first uh, Corinthians the 12th chapter we're just going to read through verse 7 through 11 just to establish that there are nine gifts of the Spirit remember that the nine gifts of the Spirit identify or unveil God the fruits of the Spirit identify, unveil the believer. And uh, the Holy Ghost is never credited 
with giving fruit. The believer produces fruit. You shall know them by their fruit, not him by his fruit. And uh, in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to the same Spirit, by the same Spirit, another uh, faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of those tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills. Father, bless this word. Bless our minds. Open up our eyes of our understanding. Let us receive what you have for us tonight, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we are talking about the discerning of spirits. Last week we talked about familiar spirits and how they operate and how they move in people's lives. The reason that they're familiar is that they are familiar with us and we are familiar with them. And so we don't sense their activity nearly as much as we do a strange being or a strange principality or power or devil. And uh, so the discerning of spirits simply means this. It means to be able to separate, to make a distinction between the spiritual and the natural. It means to become aware of or to awaken to something. It means to see, as it were, things that are not seen by the human eye or become aware of things that the human eye is not aware of. And in our case, it is the enablement of God for men and women to discern what is behind or the cause of something. So we talk about the discerning of spirits. How many of you know God is here? <clears throat> he's everywhere. So he's here. How come we can't feel him? But then if somebody may pray for us or if we would start worshiping, some people would start feeling and having tangible evidence of God's presence. Uh, you've heard it said like this, man, God has just come in the building, or God's here, hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. Well, it's always here. It's always here. But when we say that, it means that we have become aware, or we have been awakened, or now we can tangibly know that he is touching us. It's kind of like in, in a worship service. You know, the Spirit of the Lord comes up on you. And, and you just, you may have goosebumps, you may cry, you may shake, you may do several things that are response to his presence. Does that mean that God just came in the building? No. What it means is that the discerning of spirits has operated in some form in your life. You now have become aware. You have been made aware or awakened to the presence of God. Now you can tangibly notice him, tangibly feel him. And so you sometimes you uh, would go into a place, like uh, I went into a Spencer Gifts one time, only time I ever went in there. And uh, so I don't ever expect you to be in there. I was dumb enough to go in there. I figure you're smart enough not to. Anyway, I went in there and I thought, gee, money, man, this is like the devil's visiting this place. Well, now I felt that. And so I just immediately left. And sometimes you, can, you will be awakened to their spirits in certain places. And it's very important that we are aware of these things. And so when those things happen, we have to respond to them. Amen? And so that's why we can... The place can be filled with God. We might not feel him, but because the gift is not in operation. So sometimes when you're praying for people, the Spirit of God doesn't come just because you're praying and you're so mighty. It comes because God has 
at his discretion, the Holy Ghost, whether to edify, comfort, to encourage, to strengthen faith, whatever it might be, has went into operation in the area of uh, discerning of spirits. And somebody feels the presence of the Lord. And then what we do as believers, observers of that moment in that person's life, we may see them shake. We may see them fall under the power of God. We may see them uh, weep. We may see them run. We may see all kinds of stuff. But we need to accept it. You know what? This is what God is doing to them. Okay. Now, uh, let's go to Hebrews 4.12. And uh, this is a passage of Scripture that tells us that we can discern certain things by the word of the Lord. And it says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, of the heart. Now, every man has a spirit. Now, we, we know that because when the spirit and the soul leave the body, James tells us that uh, the man is dead or the body is dead. The body is a holding place, is not an eternal place. And so the soul and the spirit are divinely connected eternally. They are inseparable. God breathed into Adam. He became a living soul. Your soul does not live in your body after your spirit goes. If your spirit doesn't live in your body, if your soul goes. They are united eternally. The rich man in hell lifted up his eyes after he was dead and he saw, he felt, he heard, he communicated. Those are things of the soul of man. And so it tells us that it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of a man's heart. Every man is born with a spirit. It is in, first, in John, not First John, but John, and the first chapter in verse 4, 5, and 6 says Jesus is a light of all men. In other words, men exist before the world, before the foundations of the earth. God has already created them, gifted them, talent, given them talents, calls, purposes, and so forth. But that is just there until Jesus gives them life. He is a life of all men. And so... Then when we have a born-again spirit, we also have, many people have a personality, we say. I don't have one, so don't try to find one in me. I have none. Uh, I am just, I'm just weird. I don't have a personality. And uh, Phyllis even tells me, you have no personality, and you don't care if people know it. I said, you're right. Absolutely not. I'm happy with myself. And if you can't come in my happy zone, don't come in. I'm still going to be happy whether you like it or you don't like it. This is my happy zone. And you can't come in here if you don't want to be happy. I'm happy with myself. I'm not trying to satisfy anybody else. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm just me. And uh, so, but everybody has a spirit. But then people have personalities personalities where's the personality come from it comes from the spirit of man now the spirit of man can be born again but he still has certain characteristics of his personality that have to be changed controlled put under or contained or ruled now this is where we get into that somebody would have a hasty spirit Somebody would have an evil spirit. Somebody would have a diligent spirit, a lazy spirit. There are hundreds of spirits in the Bible because there are, they, and they reflect the personalities of man. And we're going to talk about them. Why is it important to know what type of spirit a human being has? Because if you have a child that has a humble spirit, if you are harsh with him, you'll break his spirit. You'll break it, you'll fracture it, and he'll not be able to have hope belief or anything else he'll not even let me say this this is really important he or she will not be able to even adhere to the orders of what we would call natural in the eyes of man and god 
a lot of people that are sexually abused, verbally abused, are people that get involved in homosexuality and lesbianism because they are broken. They are broken. I could tell you when my sister got possessed with the spirit of lesbianism, and there are different types of people in lesbianism. Not everybody has a spirit. Some of them have experienced lesbianism, and so because of the pleasure thereof, they are lesbians. Uh, I've met uh, lesbians that I've talked to after they've got born again that the reason I was a lesbian pastor was that you know what? I was divorced. I had a child. I didn't have no place to live. This girl gave me a place to live, and she was a lesbian, and just hate to tell you, I had to do it to survive. So she wasn't really a lesbian. She later got married and had two or three kids. So she wasn't a lesbian. She was put in a situation she had to do whatever she had to do to survive. Now, and then when you have these spirits that possess lesbians that's entirely different than learned behavior your body is like a computer you turn it on you get a program for one thing that's the way it's going to stay programmed that's why you want to watch your kids and that's why it's important that you know if they're involved in perversion pornography and all that type of stuff you just say oh it'll all come out in a wash they might end up like you ain't that a shame we don't want that Praise God. Come on. We want to be people of God. Amen? And so we have to be aware of these things. And why, do your, why does your kid come home in such a mood? What, what happens to your husband? He leaves happy and comes back. We want to find all those things out about it. And it has a lot to do with the spirits uh, that people are around. And it has to do with you being able to discern spirits. Now, I have a hasty spirit. And a hasty spirit is not a good thing because it has lots of great regrets after its actions. But then I have a wife that has a first gear spirit. And she, did, she doesn't act fast on nothing, just nothing. Well, honey, right here, oh man, this is a great shirt, it's $2.99. Well, let's look around. It's marked down from $992. It's $299. Well, it'll still be there. Let's look around. Then you come back and it's gone. They got the shirt. She said, don't worry. There'll be another one. I'm thinking, hasty spirit collides with first gear. Now, uh, so then, then let's go to... Uh, uh, let's go to 1 Samuel 10, 8 and 11. Let's just jump into it. Uh, realize that we are not to believe every spirit. We have to try the spirits. Now, we do test them by the word, but we also test them by the gifts of the spirit. Let the discerning of spirits operate in your life. You say, well, I need to make a decision now. Yeah, I know. That's that hasty spirit. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you think that you have to seize the moment or you'll miss God's opportunity. No, let the moment go by. God will be God. Amen? All right. In uh, 1 Samuel 10, 8, I, this is what I want to bring out tonight, is spirits are contagious. Spirits are contagious. You ever have people that get around other people then they start acting like them. They take on their mannerisms. They take on their conversation. They take on their slang. They, they, have you ever seen somebody that has been raised uh, uh, under a ministry? Uh, Brother Hagin. All the Haganites. Well, you know, hallelujah, in 1819, I was, glory to God, Hallelujah. What, what is that? That is contagious spirits. And a lot of things that we see in the body of Christ is learned behavior and is not inspired behavior. But here it says this, And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal. 
God is telling Saul, he's uh, telling him he later is anointed king over Israel. Samuel tells Saul, now you're going to go down before me to Gilgal. And behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days thou shalt tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another spirit. This was a spirit to rule as a king. And it says, and all these signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. Now, Sam, now Saul is not a prophet. Saul has been anointed with another heart to be king. And then it says, he ran into a company of prophets. They met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Among them. He prophesied among them. Now, when we look at that, we would say, well, the Spirit of God came upon him. That's right. The Spirit of God that was upon the prophets came upon Saul. And Saul prophesied. See, Samuel never told Saul, you will prophesy. He never told him he would be a prophet. He gave him a new spirit and told him God would do these things for him to be a king. His, pro his, his call was not a prophet. His call as a king did not include the call of a prophet. And so what happened is when he came down there, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. What spirit? The spirit that was among that company. That's why when we get around certain people, we will pick up certain traits. If you get around, I always tell people this, you get in a crusade, that stuff starts getting on you. And pretty soon, you'll be praying for people and, and you'll see miracles. Now, now, the problem with that is that if you don't build your own space, if you don't dig your own well, if you don't establish your own relationship with God, then pretty soon that spirit, that override, that influence will lift off of you. It'll lift off of you. Because you have to pay the price for what God has for your life. Now, I know that we're paying a price. You know, people hate to hear that today. Well, let me tell you something. The gospel is free, but it'll cost you everything. And if you don't pay everything, then you're not going to live in the gospel. Amen? Yeah, people come up to me all the time and say, lay hands on me, I want your anointing. Yeah, all right, okay, $50,000. No, you can't sell it, but you can't just cheaply come up and request it. It's just, that, that's just disregard and, and, you know, no honor for a price that's been paid. Jesus paid a price to move in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He continually paid it through his life. And it says every time you look for him, as his custom was, he was in the mountain or in the wilderness areas. And so we have to understand that we can step under that influence or it's contagious. And if you stay around it long enough, it'll find a seed in you. It'll find a crack in you. And it will start coming in and pretty soon it'll start gaining control because spirits are not only contagious they're multipliable Matthew 12 46 says that the unclean spirit goes out of a man and then when he's gone through dry places he doesn't find any rest he then comes back finds a place garnished invitation to him you can come home and then what happens, he goes, he's wiser than the fool that let his life go back to the way it was. He takes seven other spirits with him. The only fool in the equation is the man that did not change his lifestyle. Now listen to me. You know, you can mess with spirits and do certain things so long and you can play games one of these days, one of these days, one of these days. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. One of these days, the devil's going to say, I want paid. 
Whatsoever man sows, that's what he's going to reap. You say, oh, my God, you're scaring me. I hope to God I scare the hell right out of you. I hope I scare you right out of eternity without God. If you, if you can't live it by choice, you ought to live it on the edge of fear. Amen? My point is I live it both. I want to live for God, but I'm also afraid that if I don't, he'll kill me. Oh, God wouldn't kill you. Uh, right, yeah. Said the 85,000 people that woke up and the angel had slayed them that night. Hallelujah. Yeah, when God told... Uh, 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 Joshua and Moses when the people came down they were worshiping a calf and they were dancing buck naked and having a great time and I don't think they were smoking weed but they, they, they were acting stupid and Moses said pull out your sword and kill them God was in a killing mood you know you listen one thing we don't do God loves us and he is a good God but if you think that he's just a God that will be put off that you can sin and transgress and expect nothing's going to happen? Oh, please listen to me. God would rather destroy your body that your soul may be saved. Yep, absolutely. And if the hand of God lifts up off you and a tragedy comes your way and you say, oh man, now look at me, I, I'm, I'm crippled. Well, you still got a mind. Still get to choose. You can go hell crippled or you can go to heaven crippled. I would encourage you to go to heaven crippled. Yeah. And you see, you say, oh, that, that's terrible, is it? Yeah, it's terrible in our eyes, but it may be an act of mercy for your soul. Now, I'm not telling you God goes around killing people. Don't you even go out there and think that. He doesn't. But I'm just telling you, you keep playing with fire, you'll get burned. You will get burned. I had a sister, uh, she kept playing with a... Uh, trash can Charlie remember this she just kept poking the fire and poking the fire pretty soon there goes our sister across the yard in flames she's on fire remember that she's on fire they grabbed her and got her put out and thank God she wasn't scarred on her face or anything like that but she was scarred you know you, you just keep playing with fire my my other brother a scotter Charlie, not Charlie, uh, Gary, I think, no, Paul, there you go. And they were pouring gas, messing around the lawnmower, pouring gas on the hot lawnmower, blew right up in his face. They told him he'll be scarred for the rest of his life. The bottom line, when Paul wasn't on drugs and had his teeth and all that kind of, he was the best looking one of the bunch. But now, behold me. And, uh, but uh, it blew right up in his face. And the church prayed for him, and praise God, God healed him, and he didn't have any scars. But I'm just telling you, you keep messing around, and you think that you, you got the handle on it. Listen, the devil has been ex in existence longer than you have ever thought about it. You are not smarter than sin. You are not smarter than his ploys. You are not smarter than the lowest demon and devil on planet Earth. They all are smarter than you. The only way that you can outsmart them is to live right, live holy, be obedient, live by faith, and incorporate every word that God has said. Now, all right, so spirits are contagious. Somebody say they're contagious. <clears throat> don't run around with people that you don't want to be like. You want to have a good marriage, you better find somebody that's got one and run around with them. Don't run around with people that are in your shape. Or a, a girl that uh, a girl, a married woman, starts running around with single women all the time. What's that going to produce? Singleism. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Amen. I tell people, don't run around with anybody except people who've been married 80 years. Praise <laughs> God. Hallelujah. I, I don't want you coming home and telling me, oh, they're having so much fun. They went there. They doing here. I say, quit running around with those people. Hallelujah. I want you miserable in their home. <laughs> now, uh, first, let's go to 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. Remember, spirits are contagious. When I call to remembrance the unformed faith that is in thee, which dwelt first, somebody say first, in thy grandmother, mother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, 
and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Paul never attributed Timothy's faith to the hearing of the gospel. He attributed it to association. Mm-hmm. Association. Remember the Bible tells us in Romans 14th chapter that you can receive people of weaker faith and even people that don't believe like you believe. But when it comes to the place of disputation or they're disputing with you about your faith, you have to cut it off. Why? Because it is contagious. It's contagious. you got to protect yourself. And uh, I'll show this to you. Go to Numbers 13. 31, Numbers 13:31. Run around with people that you want to be like. Run around with people to where you want to rise up to. And it says, but the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. Now these are the 10 spies that went with Caleb and Joshua over into the promised land, Canaan. Caleb and Joshua went, but they came back with a good report. This is an evil report. Now, this is a spirit of discouragement and faithlessness. I'm going to show it to you. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the first chapter and verse 28. Deuteronomy 1, 28. And it says this. Wherewithal, how can we go up? Our brother have discouraged our hearts, saying, This people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled to the heavens, and moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakims there. They said that they had seen them. That's a lie. The nation of Israel did not go. Only, 10, only 12 of them went. And only 10 of them are telling them what they said. But it says there, we have seen. What is that? That vision, that concept of negativity, of powerlessness, of faithlessness, of discouragement has come from 10 men that influenced over 2 million people. It is contagious, and it'll spread like wildfire, and it'll spread in your family, it'll spread in your kids, it'll spread in your marriage, it'll spread in your finances. Watch who you're running around with, because I'm telling you, that spirit will come right into your house, and it will begin to reproduce itself in your life. And since you have been familiar with it in somebody else's life, you will be blind to it. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to show you how big of a lie this is. Go to Joshua, the second chapter, and look at verse 8. And this is the spies go into uh, the land of Canaan, and they run into the uh, harlot Rahab. And... Uh, she talks to him and she's going to hide him. And it said, and then before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Now she knows it. And that your, that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint. Because of you. That word faint means that when men heard about the Israelites, their joints would become as if they were dislocated and they could not stand nor hold weapon nor shield. Now, next verse. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you 
when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites and were, that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og. <laughs> David, I thought you had a weird name, Og. And Og, 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 Ogo. Whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard, as soon as we heard, did they hear that before they ever knew that the ten spies had come into the land? Yes. 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 We heard our hearts didn't melt in them. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, do you see what this contagious spirit of fear, discouragement, false vision, false sight, negativity did to this nation of Israel? But how the rest of the world saw them in the true eyes of God? Yep, absolutely. Now we see how influential a spirit can be and how contagious it can become. Ten men corrupted over two million people. Now the Bible says in Numbers 14 that Caleb had another spirit. And so, notice what it says. Caleb had another spirit. Joshua had another spirit. What are those verses that we just read a result of? A spirit. A spirit. Not just words. Not just negativity. Spirits. Spirits. It's contagious. It's not just, well, they're just saying something... And we heard and got discouraged. No, no. It is a spirit. Caleb and Joshua had a different spirit. What spirit is God talking about? He's talking about the spirit that strips man of hope, destroys his identity, discourages him, imprisons him, brings him to bondage, poverty, lack, and want, and causes him to wander away from the purpose of God in a sandy oasis where they go around and around and around with no hope. Now that type of spirit in 10 men overtook 2 million. Don't tell me it's not contagious. It is absolutely contagious. Whew. Glory to God. Somebody say, you're liable to catch something. Yeah. Spirits can be attracted. Can be attracted. Let's go to First uh, Samuel sixteen. First Samuel sixteen can be attracted. Can be attracted. We already told you that spirits can multiply. So you get one, one characteristic coming in. You may deal with it by correction. But if your child still runs around with that same person, next time that spirit comes, he's not coming by himself. Listen to me, he's smarter than you. He understands if you defeated me once, I'm coming back. You're not defeating me again. Hallelujah. Kind of a hush. And uh, 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 17. Fellas, I'm getting wide and bald. All right, let's go. And it says, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Somebody say, oh, God would never depart from me. I preached on that a few months ago, and somebody gave me a bunch of criticism about it. You know, if I was you, I'd just live like I didn't want God to leave. And it says, <laughs> I don't want my life to, wife to leave me. Well, you're doing everything to help her out the door. All right. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. 
and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now, that doesn't mean that God is incorporating evil spirits to move up on people, but God created good and evil, cursing and blessing, life and death, good and evil. You get to choose. But God will uphold his word on both parts. Now, and it says here, the spirit of, the, of departed from Saul. Remember Matthew, the 12th chapter, verse 46 that we talked about? When the unclean spirit is gone out of the man, what happens? Another spirit comes. Now, you can garnish it for the spirit of the Lord, or if you just leave it unattended, that guy's coming back. Well, guess what? As soon as the spirit of God departed from Saul, an evil spirit comes. In other words, you better cry out like David, God, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Why? Because somebody is waiting to move in. Now, let's go to, a, read on down to a 17. Next verse. And it says, And Saul said unto his servant, Provide me now a man that can play well. What's, what's this? Israel is not stupid. Sometimes people think that, well, you know, we're the only ones that had power. Oh, no, no. Remember, Jesus said, if I cast out devils by Beelzebub, who do your sons cast them out by? Israel is far more spiritual than we give them credit for. Here, remember the man that came and said, my son hath the deaf and dumb spirit? We have renamed that as an epileptic spirit. Stupidity still abounds when truth has been revealed. Just on and on and on. All right. And then it says this. He said, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Why? They understood spiritual principle that devils could be attracted and so could the spirit of the Lord. They understood that what you built your life around that is what you become bound and servant to. Well, my kid's just going through a phase. He's just listening to secular music. I, hey, I, I, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Why would you let him do that? Well, you know, his friends. His friends are devils. You want your kid to be a devil? Look, he can't even remember to take a bath, and you're trusting him with his life. Come on, he can't get up on time. He doesn't know that he has more than one pair of socks and two pair of underwear in the drawer, and you want to give him his life. Excuse me for meddling. Now, let's go to, uh, uh, yeah, uh, let's go to the next verse. And it says, and they answered one of the servants and said, Hey, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, of the Bethlehem, Bethlehemite, that is coming, cunning in playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Justin and said, Hey, send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And then he took uh, an ass and laden with bread and bottles of wine and a kid and sent them by David unto his, unto his son, unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass that when the evil spirit of God, or as when the spirit of the Lord left, was unto Saul. Now this does reveal to us that spirits have boundaries, and spirits are ruled by law and government. Anyway. And it says this, and when the sp evil spirit from God was upon Saul, then David took the harp, and he played with his hands, so Saul was what? Refreshed. Another great secret. You wear yourself out doing nothing, you'll open yourself up to devils. Now, and was well, and the evil spirit did what? 
departed from him. Departed from him. So that tells us what? That devils are attracted by music or they're repulsed by music. You ever wonder why I keep music going on in this church all the time, 24 hours a day, except when we're in here? Because it creates the atmosphere of angelic visitation. And they come and go. And believe it or not, angels, the Bible said in 1 Peter, they come to hear the gospel, to look into the secret things of the redeemed. And one of them is a worship that only the redeemed can have. See, angels have never been redeemed. They, they, they can't sing redemption. They can't sing it with a platform of joy like the believer. They can't sing it with faith as the believer. Well, angels have faith. Really? No, they don't. They don't have faith. They don't, that which is seen is no longer faith. You think they doubt God? They don't go around saying, God is real, God is real, God is real. No. So, they come and they inhabit places that are inviting to the Lord. And I have had, and to my own shame, I've been watching blow them up, shoot them up movies, and I've had angels come to the door of the room that I'm in, and they would step in, and I would look at them, and they'd step right back out, and they would leave. Why? They're not into mass murder. Now, I love shoot them up, bang them up, blow them up movies. I just think vengeance is the Lord, and if I was God, I'd do that. And uh, kidding. And, uh, but they don't want to be around that stuff because it will tame them. And they don't want evil thoughts. They don't want to entertain evil thoughts. Remember that Peter wrote and said, look, I write these things to stir up your pure mind. Your mind has much to do with the demonic activity or the God activity in your life. Keep your mind pure. And so if your kids or you are listening to things like listening to country and western you know you ever wonder why you want to sell that great house you got and move into a trailer that's why yeah that, that's why well because you're listening to country and western and uh you know you want to sell your poodle and buy a blue tick you don't even coon hunt come on <clears throat> and uh so this music will affect your children and it will draw stuff to your kids. Don't think it's just a phase. Listen, listen I, I just wish we could get the intensity of our moment. This is life. And I think that Miller uh, Beer coined it, you only got one life to live for some, some beer commercial. And who? Highlight? Yeah, Miller High Life. There you go. I figured you got that, Bob. Yeah, no, I'm kidding you, Bob. <clears throat> now, so we have one life to live. We go around life once. You don't need the gusto. You need the Holy Ghost. And uh, what we want to do is we want to make sure. Listen, I'm please, I'm telling you that devils will be attracted. They're all over the place. There are billions of them, I guess. And they're all over. And all they're doing is they're going around each household looking for a place to abide. Will you let me in? Certainly come in. Come in. And we do it by all different types of means. You want your kids to live, then you raise them in life. Raise them in life. Don't raise them in death. Raise them in life. Amen? Hallelujah. So, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just stop there. Praise the Lord. Let's raise our hand up towards heaven and thank God. God, I thank you for the gift of the discerning of spirits. And God, I just loose that gift. I loose it upon this congregation. God, open up our eyes. Make us aware. God calls us to be able to separate 
natural from spiritual, God those things that are God from those things that are not God, from the spirit of life and the spirit of evil. God let us be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But God let us be as wise, at least as wise, God, as the devil. Now, God, I ask you to just touch us, help us, that, Father, we become contagious to people instead of them being contagious to us. And, God, we just ask that you would lead us and guide us. Holy Ghost, use us. We loose the gift of discerning of spirits in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sunday morning. Hallelujah.